Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to the David Pollock Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting David Pollock show. Uh, back in a different studio tonight, so we're trying to t- change things up to make things exciting uh, for you at home watching uh, on the live stream. Uh, if you hit go live, go live on there, Gabe, you'll see it will broadcast. But as of right now, you're not broadcasting yet. There we go. All right. So if you're watching on the live stream at home, we'll be loading up in just a second. Um, And uh, we are going to have another exciting show for you tonight. Um, Lots to talk about. But before I get into anything, um, I have to first uh, wish a few happy birthdays uh, to my niece, Sarah. She's turning 16. She'll be driving soon. Drivers look out. And uh, Gabe had a birthday last week. And uh, never wished him a happy birthday, so happy belated birthday. And now his son's birthday is tomorrow, his son Mateo, so happy birthday to his son. couple of updates. Like I told you, we're a weekly show. We come on once a week. And um, so uh, I need to kind of give you the updates of the things that happened since we last hung out with each other. I've been warning you about COVID coming back, and I told you that the masks are coming back. Um, As you've seen probably by now, several universities and some school districts, TSA agents, liberals in cars, um, they're all wearing their masks again, guys. And uh, the vaccine talk is back. Biden is suggesting that he's seeking support from Congress for a new and better vaccine uh, that will be recommended to everyone, guys. So if you if you weren't excited to get a vaccine before, this one's going to be better. Uh, maybe you won't get COVID as many times after you get it. Maybe the side effects won't be so severe. I don't know, but they're doing it again, uh, just in time for election season. Hopefully you guys learned your lessons. And as it comes necessary, we will, uh, have more conversations about this. And, um, of course, I don't know if you saw, but uh, if you remember Prigozhin, the leader of the Wagner group in Russia, well, His plane was blown out of the sky. Originally, it was thought to have been shot down by Putin. Uh, Later, it seems that it was bombed. Um, Of course, Biden was asked about this, not having really any idea, mumbled, stands to Putin, uh, Scrabble, Wapner, for a little bit. Uh, His response was he didn't, he was unaware of the facts because he was in an hour and a half pump session in the gym. Uh, I can't imagine Joe Biden working out for an hour and a half, but he had his berry smoothie. Oh, boy. And uh, I don't know if you saw, but today, uh, Judge Chuckton, I don't know how to say it. It doesn't matter what her name is. Hopefully she'll be removed soon. The judge in the January 6th federal case, she's decided that Trump is going to have to stand trial on March 4th, 2024. Uh, 
uh, of course, people are getting pretty upset because this is the day before Super Tuesday. That's a crucial date on the presidential election calendar. This is when a lot of the states that have their primaries are going to be voting uh, for president. And now he's going to be in this first trial. Of course, he's appealing. Uh, He had a statement on that on Truth Social. So if you don't follow him on Truth Social, make sure you go and do that, even though he was on Twitter, which is the other big deal. Trump is back on Twitter X or whatever it is. Uh, after his booking, which we'll be talking about very shortly, um, he went to Twitter X, whatever you're calling it, for the first time since January 6th. Just a picture of his mugshot and said, uh, election interference. And I think it got 200 million views or something insane. (laughs) So uh, that's how powerful Trump is. All he has to do is post a picture on Twitter. This is why they're afraid of him. Uh, and then, of course, I have to mention uh, for my Florida listeners, there's a storm brewing out there. Idalia, uh, keep an eye on it. I think it's still a tropical storm. I haven't checked in the last few hours. Um, we have to see what happens. Of course, no matter what, the left will say it's global warming. But let's move on to uh, the show. Tonight's topic, if you saw the promo, we're talking about the first thing we do, let's kill all the lawyers. The martyrdom of President Trump. Now, before you guys think I'm being inflammatory, I'm not. Uh, Shakespeare, it's a famous quote. The first thing we do, let's kill all the lawyers. It's not me suggesting we kill any lawyers. So don't freak out. Calm down. It's Shakespeare. Read a little. But the idea here is this. Uh, Trump and uh, 1819 co-defendants, a lot of them lawyers, uh, Mark Meadows, chief of staff, Uh, They're all indicted in Georgia, all arrested now. One of them still uh, denied bail, and we're going to talk about that later. For doing what? For working for the president, for asking legitimate questions. As I mentioned on last week's show, if you listen to the perfect phone call when Trump calls Georgia and says, hey, what's going on with your seemingly fraudulent election? The perfect phone call, if you listen to the whole thing, you'll see all they were trying to do is get information and share information that they had. Kemp, by the way, was caught on tape uh, saying that, uh, yeah, basically any voting machine can be uh, uh, hacked. But, you know, we're supposed to believe that everything was fine in Georgia. And now Trump's been indicted for asking questions along with 18, 19 others. And uh, the idea here is that they want to go after anybody that dares work for Trump, anybody that dares defend Trump. And that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking not only about um, him being arrested, the fact that they went after everybody in his circle and what they're trying to do here. And of course, this should outrage you. It outrages me because as a lawyer, there's certain things that you do, the certain things that, you know, you get a defendant. You may not even like your defendant. I'm not suggesting they, they don't like Trump. What I'm suggesting is you get a defendant and you, you, you work for them, and in this case a client, and you work for them. You don't pass judgment. You do your job, as long as it's legal, of course. And these lawyers and these other representatives working for Trump were acting, and if you saw the federal uh, hearing today that Mark Meadows is saying, everything I did was acting in my official capacity. So were these lawyers, and yet they've been arrested? This is becoming, if you already weren't upset, enraged even, about Trump being indicted however many times, the fact now that they're going after everybody in his orbit, 
The fact that they'll go after anybody who alleges anything with respect to fraud in the election or questions it, to label you a domestic terrorist. Guys, we're getting to a place where I, I don't even know where it goes because, you know, I've never been the type of person that has non-negotiables. I've never been like, look, if you believe like I've had plenty of liberal friends that are like, if you support Trump, we can't be friends. I've never been that kind of guy. I've always been the kind of person like, look, I believe in dialogue. We can talk. I'm never going to judge you based on your beliefs necessarily. But I'm getting to a place where if you're sitting on the sidelines cheering about Trump and, and 18, 19 innocent people who really just did their job, if you're celebrating the fact that they were arrested and you think that's okay, man, I don't even know if we're on the same, if, on the same ball field at this, this point. Like, we're not even arguing about policy. Fundamental American principles in our system of justice. This is just getting to a point where I'm just not comfortable with it. And a lot of people are starting to agree, which makes which takes me to uh, what I want to show you tonight and, my, and introduce my first two guests. Because tonight, uh, over the weekend, or last week actually, when Trump was being arrested, quote unquote, uh, there was a big rally there uh, in support of Donald Trump. And uh, two good friends of mine, real politically savvy and independent journalist Mark Naughton, they were there along with some others. And I have them coming on the show tonight. And I, you know what? I might as well bring them on now. Savvy, Mark, you guys here? I'm yeah. here. Hey, welcome back to the David Pollock Show. You guys might remember Savvy. She was on a couple of weeks ago. We had a great conversation. I think you were supposed to stay on a segment. I kept you on the whole show because we were just having such a good time. <laughs> so I'm excited to have you back. And, Mark, you are our resident independent journalist, always bringing um, all the great information. You were at Bedminster when uh, Trump was indicted, I don't know, second or third or first or second time. Uh, and now you and Savvy and Laura Loomer and Monica Matthews, who will be coming on the show later, you guys were in Georgia at the Fulton County Courthouse. And I, I know we have some sights and sounds. Um, I will play those shortly. But you guys were down there. Now, Mark, I want to go to you first as the independent journalist. Can you tell me, uh, in your independent journalist point of view, uh, what did you see down at that Fulton County Courthouse? Yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks for having me again uh, back on here, David. So, uh, well, uh, some interesting things. One, obviously, super heavy media presence. Uh, I counted more than 30 tents. Uh, everybody was there. Um, and not just, not you know, not just the obvious big mainstream, uh, but, of course, you know, uh, independent people. And then what I really noticed is just a giant influx of citizen journalists, anybody with a camera, anybody, you know, you know, with with any kind of microphone. Uh, everybody's doing it now. So it was really cool to be amongst everybody doing, uh, you know, the First Amendment. Then uh, it's really geographically, it's just a super weird little slice of a, of a road there. Uh, it's really odd. So you had, I would estimate, 500 maybe to 700 people there at any given time. And they only had about two feet to uh, to move about. So it was everybody was super in tight. Uh, and for the large part, it was extremely peaceful. So that those are... Some 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 big observations I had, and uh, now uh, savvy, you were there um, as a supporter, and mm -hmm. um, I saw there was a couple of videos of you questioning. There was one woman in particular, <laughs> um, and, and you know I've always said this by the way, and of course uh, it's a conspiracy theory that these people all that are are paid uh, activists that show up at these rallies. But there's this woman who was seen in New York, um, also seen in Atlanta. I think she goes by a woman. Um, with the Brave New World arrest Trump, and she had like a, a stack of signs, and she would just respond mm -hmm. to you in signs. You were getting into it with her. What was your observation as a supporter, and uh, what was the crowd like? 
It was, I was so excited. So I got the chance to have some of my friends uh, come down from New York. And so they were riding the car with me. And, of course, I live here, so I'm familiar with this area. And as soon as I pulled up and saw all of the red, white, and blue and Trump flags, I mean, I just went bananas. <laughs> I was so incredibly happy to see so much turnout. Like Mark said, there were about five to 700 people there, um, and we were squished in there tight. But the overall feeling, it was definitely, there was definitely a heavy feeling uh, because we knew that, you know, our beloved president would be there for not a good reason. But it was at, at the same time, everyone there had this just brave energy about them. Like they were, they were not going to show the pain that we felt inside, that we were there to just send our love and support for President Trump and for the 18 other indictees um, that had been showing up, you know, the entire week and then the day after. Um, it was just a very, it was very warm presence um, for those of us who were there to support President Trump. Yeah, and, and there's that, and I want to talk about that energy um, because here's the thing. I think with every indictment, with every arrest, even this booking photo, which now everybody has changed their profile picture on Twitter X to be uh, you and you, yourself included, um, to be uh, President Trump's mugshot. That's it's everywhere. It's turned into the biggest symbol of rebellion, and I think they're making Trump bigger, more. And, mm -hmm. and I do. I think at this point, this has become more than about Trump. I think this has become almost like a symbol. And I'm going to talk about this later on in the show, but but this is more this isn't about Trump's policies anymore. It's not even about Trump as a man. This has everything to do with almost like not only just American system of justice, but it almost seems like it's it's the identity of our country as we know it. And it's starting mm -hmm. to spread through communities. Even the black community was there. And I have audio, and I'll play it after the break. But you know, when Trump's motorcade was going down the street, they were cheering for him. Let, you know, free Donald Trump. Let him go. Like, People are all across the spectrum feel like this is an injustice, not just upon President Trump, but against the country. And, and I, th I think that's the energy that that you've picked up, I think, from th that uh, rally, right? Oh, absolutely. And I actually talked to a young man today. He was a young black man, and he came into my place of business. And, I mean, he he looks tough. Right. And I, I cannot remember what I said, but I will talk to any and everyone. I, I mean, I'll talk to a, you know, a light pole and I just started talking to him. And then he I mentioned something about President Trump and he looked at me with and, and he is thugged out. And he looked at me with the biggest smile on his face. And he said, President Trump is my beep. And I'm like, oh, really? that is awesome. Right. And he actually gave me so much wisdom and insight into what he has seen in DeKalb County and in Fulton County, especially in the prison systems there, that I was then able to relight back to President Trump as far as him working on some prison reform bills or uh, platforms moving forward. Um, but it is. It is spreading like wildfire. And, yeah. you know, it's just. Everyone is coming together over this. You know, the first three indictments were those were big and those hurt. But it was something about this Fulton County one that really, really just is, is uniting everybody. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to play some audio from the rally, and I want to talk more about what you just mentioned with the prison system. Um, Fulton County is under federal investigation for being one of the worst in the country, and mm-hmm. Trump's arrest is actually bringing light to that, and of course, Fannie Willis is right there. Um, she's the prosecutor who puts people there, and, and, and she was almost gleeful about it, and I think that's why it's so personal. But we're going to take a quick break, and when I come back, and Mark, I want to get some of your takes on some of these videos that I'm going to be putting out. So don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be right back with Mark and Savvy. Uh, More to talk about about the rally in Fulton County and President Trump. Don't go anywhere. Seems Florida is a popular place to live these days. But do you know who is not feeling the effects of limited home inventory? Bugs. That's right. As popular as Florida is for people, pests like it even more, which is why I recommend pest control, termite treatment, and fertilization from Protex. With over 40 years of experience, their fully licensed, bonded, and insured team utilize state-of-the-art products and techniques to maintain a pest-free home. But that's not all. They also provide the highest quality fertilization and pond management services so you can have a green yard and not a green pond. So if you want to keep your lawn green and your home bug free call protex today at 407-542-0044 or visit them online at protexlawn.com that's p-r-o-t-e-x lawn.com are you an insurance agent or property manager looking for a reliable and accurate property inspection? Floridian Property Consultants specializes in citizens insurance packages and replacement cost appraisals so you can get bound quickly, easily, and accurately. FPC's experienced inspectors will make sure each assessment meets all the insurance carrier standards while ensuring that you don't pay for more than you need. Work with a company that respects your time and budget as much as you do. Visit online at FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. That's FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. Was completely peaceful until he showed up and was literally tackled by the Secret Service for trying to charge President Trump's motorcade. And he just he just slammed his uh, bullhorn into me. And I'm telling you that as the organizer of the rally, we wanted it to be peaceful in support of President Trump. Until you came, everybody. I was a witness. Here's what happened. Watch this, sir. Watch this. He's gonna touch me. He's gonna touch me. Watch this. You just touched me. Hey, quit touching me. Okay, but you so were just he did that to her. Just I don't know about you guys, yeah. but I'm so excited. I do. You can take that clip down. So that was uh, Mark on the ground at the rally. Laura Loomer uh, is getting into it uh, with this guy. I don't know if you guys remember from the Miami indictment. How ridiculous. Gosh, I'm just being rhetorical here, but how ridiculous is it that I have to keep recalling which indictment these people are from? So the Miami indictment, there was a guy with a— a jail suit on, I guess, and he got arrested because he jumped in front of the motorcade. Well, now this guy, talk about these people not being paid to show up in these places. This guy shows up in Atlanta, and uh, of course, Laura Loomer gets into it. They both had micro uh, megaphones, and they were playing sirens at each other. They didn't put that on because it's just too much for radio. But now, Mark, you're on the ground. You're witnessing this. Uh, Loomer's getting shoved by this guy. Um, what happened? What's going on down there? Right, so the... Uh... Uh, this was definitely the highlight uh, for me. Was was this the one? And, and of course, you know, uh, it landed on the front page of many newspapers. Uh, which, you know, just by my, you know, location, I was in it, which is funny. But uh, so I was hanging out um, in the in the media area where uh, Laura Loomer's bullhorn was, and so I didn't see the I didn't see or observe or wasn't present for the initial you know uh, contact that 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 Laura described. But she came running over. 
like like a woman on a mission. Where's where's my bullhorn? Where's my bullhorn? <laughs> and I said, oh, here we go. Something's about to go down. Uh, and I was I was on a Twitter space, uh, which was being hosted um, by Neil McCabe, right? So I said, guys, something's about to go down. So she grabbed her bullhorn. I followed her, and you know uh, she confronted him. And you know she's that video. The video has been released. The audio has been released. You know, shared over a million times at this point. Uh, but but she she challenged him. She called him out. She said, you know, why are you here? I can't believe the Secret Service allows you here. You know, you have a history of of assaulting. She describes as assaulting President Trump by you know jumping in his in front of him and in, in, in his motorcade. And there's there's an argument to be made, and certainly it's a criminal offense, right? So. Um, so she confronted him, and and he he was loud. Uh, he was you know verbally aggressive. He postured. He you know uh, didn't further assault her, but uh, he 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 blared his bullhorn, and then she did the same. And and then I was just blown away by uh, the amount of peripheral people that started saying you know like one woman was all about hey um, you know you should walk away. Why are you why are you confronting him? And I was just baffled. Normally, I'm very, very disciplined, and I just let things happen and unfold in front of me. But I said, I said, I said, why should she have to, why should she have to leave? She's a victim. Why can't she confront her accuser, you know, or, 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 or the one who assaulted her, excuse me? You know, why must she behave in a way that you only you want to behave? You know, I, I just found that funny. Um, but but that was uh, that was sort of sort of my highlight because it was uh, tensions were high and the media soaked it up because that was honestly that was their big story and their big big photo of the day I can tell you that well but that's what they wanted right that's why these people are paid this is what they do they they're sent around in my opinion because we can't say for sure but of course I, I've said this before these people show up they have their costumes on they have professionally printed signs they're given to them by somebody or they make them themselves um, you know it costs money to go fly all over the country and show up in places. And it's always the same people, whether it's the Antifa people who wear masks and, and you know, we don't know that they're the same people until they get arrested and their faces exposed, which, um, you know, so unfortunate when people find out who they are. And then uh, – but then you see these people, um, you know, they're the same people, whether it's a, yeah. a, a pro-abortion rally or a women's rights rally or an anti-Trump rally or it's a Trump and indi- – it's, it's these crisis actors that are giving this impression that – you know, all these people feel a certain way about Trump. But you know what's real? What's real are the people who stand on the side of the streets cheering for President Trump's motorcade. The people that heckle Governor DeSantis at, at his various events. The people who line up for hours to go see Trump speak at a rally. That's real. These other people are fake, and people are starting to see through it. Um, I have some more audio from the, from the uh, rally, and I want to get your thoughts on what you heard and saw, Savvy. Um, Gabe, it's going to be cut eight. These were people. These were actually Blacks for Trump was the organization, and they were out there cheering um, for President Trump. And actually, Gabe, if you want to take cut nine, here's some more people outside the rally. If you want to pick up cut nine. So not here in Atlanta, the the, the deep state of Atlanta. Yeah, we're coming from Osaka, Georgia, Dalton, Georgia, Calhoun, Georgia. And we have more coming in. You can take that clip down. Now, these are people who are actually traveling on their own. Willingly, like you did, Mark, like you did, well, Savvy, you live in Georgia, but mm-hmm. but like other people did, like your friends from New York, you said. Um, 
And so these are people that travel because they love the president. Either that, and, and I want to clarify, they might not love the president. I assume they do. But you know what they don't love? The fact that our justice system is being weaponized. And this is what people are really responding to. And this goes to something we talked about before the break. And that's this prison that's under federal investigation for being horrific. Um, it's a, a criminal justice system, especially in Atlanta, that's always been viewed as being unfair. And if you, and like you said, with the criminal justice reform, you remember President Trump got people out of jail who were there for mm-hmm. ridiculously long sentences for drug crimes that Joe Biden essentially was responsible for putting that policy in place. And so mm-hmm. there, this, the fact that all these people are being attacked, not just Trump, but the 18 co-defendants with him, I think this is resonating with people who feel like they've been victimized by the system, this injustice, the things they'd accused Donald Trump of doing when he was president. Remember, he was racist and homophobic and sexist and this and that and all these other ists. He was that horrible person. But now here, he's being victimized by the very process in which he was accused of being a part of. And so, mm-hmm. I, I, did you fe- get a sense of that, that people were were almost feeling like they were uh, had something in common with the president? Oh, yes. Absolutely. And I've talked to so many people since then, and even that day, that weren't aware of what President Trump had done as far as, you know, the the First Step Act and things like that. And so, you know, to be able to explain that in detail, you know, and it and it kind of took some people by surprise a little bit um, because, you know, they they were they were uneducated about that, which, you know, that that's a main point for President Trump moving forward, especially in the state of Georgia, is really reaching out to the areas that have been pandered to by the Democrat Party and completely forgotten about by the GOP. You know, President Trump really has a heart for those neighborhoods and wants, you know, and wants some outreach to be able to educate them on prison reform and everything that he has previously done in his administration for the black communities and the plans that he has moving forward once he's back behind the resolute desk for those urban and heavily densely populated areas in the black community now. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem with uh, when the left controls the media, they create these narratives that are just completely false. And what's uh, encouraging to see is that people are are seemingly getting the message in spite of a very biased media and people like Mark out there on the ground uh, covering it, giving us the, the truth, um, getting the audio, getting the video to show us without having to be filtered through some corporate media that are controlling the narratives. And then having people like you out there just sharing the message and talking to people and getting on the ground mm-hmm. and, and, and having these conversations that are important and people see you and they're like, okay, she's wearing a MAGA hat, but she's not – She's not racist. She's not coming after me. She's not saying horrible things. She's a very nice person who wants to have a normal conversation. Meanwhile, the mm-hmm. people that are there against Trump are shouting like idiots. And um, so so you guys are, are doing amazing work. I appreciate you so much coming back on the show. I wish I could have you guys on for another hour. There's so much to cover tonight. I never mm-hmm. have enough time in this one-hour show. But <laughs> um, as I always tell the audience, if you want to hear more from Savvy, from Mark, we have a Twitter space at 8, or Twitter X space at 8. 30. So if you go to at the Pollock show, you'll see the Twitter space right there. You can go into it, enter it. You can have a conversation with Mark. You have a conversation with Savvy. Hopefully you guys will be there tonight and uh, so we can continue this conversation. Guys, thank you so much for uh, being on the show tonight. And we'll talk again real soon. Keep up the good work. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
All right, guys. We got a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about another one of these co-defendants that were treated uh, very, very unfairly, denied bond when everybody else was given bond. And uh, so we're going to talk with Monica Matthews about that right after the break. So don't go anywhere. With today's economic environment, it's never been more important to secure your hard-earned wealth for you and your family's future. FinSec Life works to offer industry-leading customer service to help successful individuals and businesses protect their wealth. Whether it's a business succession plan, estate liquidity, or a variety of life and long-term care policies, FinSec Life can help deliver peace of mind, knowing that if something happens, you or your company is taken care of. Visit FinSecLife.com. That's F-I-N-S-E-C Life.com. Securities offered through Valmark Security, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Valmark Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. FinSec Life is a separate entity from Valmark Securities, Inc. and Valmark Advisors, Inc. David Pollack here. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit thedavidpollackshow.com. There, you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit thedavidpollackshow.com. With today's economic environment, it's never been more important to secure your hard-earned wealth for you and your family's future. FinSec Life works to offer industry-leading customer service to help successful individuals and businesses protect their wealth. Whether it's a business succession plan, estate liquidity, or a variety of life and long-term care policies, FinSec Life can help deliver peace of mind, knowing that if something happens, you or your company is taken care of. Visit FinSecLife.com. That's F-I-N-S-E-C Life.com. Securities offered through Valmark Security, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Valmark Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. FinSec Life is a separate entity from Valmark Securities, Inc. and Valmark Advisors, Inc. I know that I must do what's right Sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti Welcome back to the David Pollack Show. Half the show is gone already, guys. Like I say, it's the fastest hour in talk radio. We try to give you like three hours of content in an hour, and I do my best not to just talk so fast that you can't understand anything I'm saying. Uh, before I get into it, I have to remind you guys, because you know what fuels this hour-long extravaganza of information? Uh, it is Beard Vet Coffee. That's right. I love my Beard Vet Coffee. Uh, I drink it before my show. It gives me a lot of energy. It tastes great, but they don't just have coffee. They have beard oils, grooming products, apparel, uh, mugs and tumblers, and all kinds of cool stuff. And if you go and follow them on Twitter X or whatever it's called, um, you'll see that Beard Vet himself likes to post his pictures of his tumbler um, in the various locations. Guys, it's a great company. They support veterans. They're not woke. And if you go to BeardVet.com, you put in the code David, like David Pollock Show, you get 10% off. So there's no reason for you not to go and try it. So getting right back into it, um, of the 18 co- I always get the number 18, 19, because I guess Trump is the 19th co-defendant. So there's 18 other defendants, co-defendants. One of them, um, Black Voices for Trump, he led the organization. Uh, his name is Harrison Floyd. Now, everybody else negotiates uh, this, the, this deal where they just show up, you know, they take their picture, they're smiling, and then they go about their merry way, and they go and talk about it on their social media and do whatever they do. 
But this man, Mr. Floyd, he shows up. Uh, there was some video of him trying to show up earlier, actually, and the police wouldn't let him show up. Um, he was saying, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to turn myself in. He was pushed back into a car. But uh, later he goes and turns himself in. Um, he gets arrested. But unlike everybody else, he's not released. Instead, he's denied bond. He still sits in that garbage prison that's under federal investigation Today, and it was some, he just had a lawyer appointed. I'm not sure where they are with the hearing on bond as of this time, but he's sitting in jail. And I want to let you hear a little bit of the audio uh, from a judge that seeming, seemingly was giddy about denying his bond. Um, Gabe, this is cut five. Uh, go ahead and pick that up. Okay, Mr. Floyd, um, the issue of bond is not going to be addressed today. Uh, that's going to be addressed uh, by Judge McAfee, who's assigned to your case. Uh, so, but to the extent uh, that you're you're here in front of a judge, I do find that uh, based on the open charge against you, uh, there are grounds for bond to be denied at this point. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and find that you are a risk to commit additional felonies and a potential risk to flee the jurisdiction. So I'm going to deny bond, but a full consideration of bond will be uh, addressed by Judge McAfee as your case moves forward. Do you understand? Look how friendly she sounds while she's taking away his civil rights. Now, it's hard to hear him, but what he's saying is those prior charges that she's talking about. It was a misdemeanor that the state, uh, I think it was Maryland, de de uh, declined to prosecute. So the federal government picked it back up. It's still under investigation. That's what he's talking about right now. And he says he's turned himself in voluntarily. He's not a flight risk. That's what he's saying right now. I understand, Mr. Floyd. Um, the issue of bond is not going to be decided by me. It's going to be assigned to, decided by the judge who is assigned. But you are deciding the case. issue of okay, bond because you're denying it. Hearing uh, for a case that's already been indicted. So I was just letting you know that it's it's not we're not going to have a bond hearing today. Um, but but to the extent that you are before a judge, I'm telling you that bond is not going to be issued today. All right. So she's denying bond. All right. All right. Are you okay with that? that that'll be up to Mr. Floyd. Judge McAfee. Taking away your civil liberties—is that okay? So, so now this man's sitting in prison or jail, I should say, a disgusting jail that the federal government is investigating. She took takes away his. She says he's at risk to commit additional felonies. So the 18 other co-defendants that were accused of committing the same felonies, felonies. What's the felony? questioning the result of the election where there's evidence that there was fraud and this guy is sitting in jail a ma former marine well he's always a marine a marine a veteran the only other crime he's ever committed was he got into a little bit of a shoving match with a federal agent that's a, what was it was a misdemeanor that he hasn't even been convicted of innocent until proven guilty clearly not a flight risk so why do you think why do you think this man still sits in jail today? And by the way, I don't want to sound like a leftist here and make race an issue. He happens to be the only black person or person who happens to be denied bond. So all the other rich white people, they're gone. They're good. But the black man, he's sitting in jail. And where's Black Lives Matters on this one, right? Is Does this Floyd 
Does his name not matter? But if you go on social media or if you ask that question, what you hear is something very similar. Uh, and Gabe, I want you to pull up cut 14. Something very similar uh, that Joe Biden thinks himself. Go cut 14. Go ahead. I will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. That's right. That's right. So it doesn't matter that Mr. Floyd is black because he's a Republican. We well, might not even I don't even know if he's a Republican or not, but he supports Trump. So any injustice against this man, eh, whatever. He supports Trump. Throw him away. Feed him to the wolves. And social media, the leftists, they, they're just fine with it. They're like, ah, well, you know, he deserves it. And this is the problem. Two systems of justice. One for them, one for us. And this it just has a lot of people infuriated, including Miss Monica Matthews, and she's my next guest on the show. Monica Matthews is president of Clear Talk Media. She's host of Life, Love, and Liberty. Um, she's a radio veteran um, from WSB in Atlanta. I used to listen to her back when I was up in Atlanta myself. Monica, welcome to the David Pollack Show. Thank you for being here. David, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. If you hear the thunder and lightning in the background, <laughs> that's what's going on. Are you talking about the uh, the emotion of the country or an actual storm? That too. That too. But there's an actual <laughs> storm going on right now, but we're good. And you're such a professional and you're so good at what you do that I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, well, he's actually used all of my talking points. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can just go ahead and tell uh, my listeners how professional and how and how great I am at my job because, uh, you know, I'll take compliments you- all day. You are so wonderful that I'm thinking of <laughs> scooping you up for myself. I think I'm going to poach you from your radio station. Uh, yes, you, you hear that, great. guys? I hope are very lucky to have you. I hope the radio <laughs> executives are listening. Um, I think uh, you hear I'm, I'm, I'm a hot commodity at this point. If it's Monica Matthews is threatening to take me, let's negotiate. <laughs> well, that's so, right. So I want to ask you about this, and 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 uh, Savvy and I talked about this briefly on the last segment, and that's this I this not just the fact that everybody's just enraged with the president being tried and and all of these novel, untested legal theories, and you know clearly what it appears to be election interference, and Trump has said it himself, and I agree. Um, but the way he's being treated, and I think the reason why Fulton County with that mugshot and with this seemingly corrupt prosecutor and the way all this went down, the way Mr. Harris, uh, the way Mr. Floyd has been treated, I think he, he not only is Trump being uh, not only is the support for Trump being reignited amongst his base. I think the Trump is uh, I think the support's even spreading and polling suggests that this is true is the highest approval ratings ever before. He's he's blowing his competition away. And if we have time, I want to talk about the debate, too. But but I mean, clearly, this is backfiring on the left. If they were trying to get rid of Trump, the opposite is happening. But not only that. Now, look at the way they treat Mr. Floyd and the way they treat Trump. And I think people who were told something, and I said this to Savvy, who used to have a certain feeling about President Trump, now they're starting to see a different picture. They're starting to kind of join this anti-establishment, pro-America movement. This idea of MAGA isn't this racist ideology. This idea of MAGA is, oh my gosh, these people have never done anything for us, and look what they're doing, not to just President Trump, but look what they're doing to us. What do you think about that? Sure. Yeah, so I think it's really interesting to, to, to put your finger on the pulse of the country right now, especially if you're on Twitter, X, uh, on any social media platform. What you see is, 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 is black America 
coming together saying, hey, guess what? We told you so, right? We told you so. And now this this dude who we weren't really sure if we could trust, <laughs> this dude Trump, right? We've been told he's one of us. We've been told a little bit about the First Step Act. We've been told a little bit about what he did for HBCUs. We've been told a little bit about, you know, uh, opportunity zones and districts. We've been told a little bit about this and that. But now the dude's got a mugshot and he's been in Fulton County. He's one of us. <laughs> like, like he's somebody we got to get behind because he's someone who's being wrongly um, accused. Right. And, and that sadly is a, a very repugnant stain on our constitutional republic. It just is. No one can deny how black Americans have been treated in this country. So if anyone understands injustice um, and without going into systemic racism conversations, I would simply say there over our history, David, up to this time, black Americans and even today, we've had 15 deaths in that jail. I mean, I'm like, what is going on over here? Is this like Brubaker? Like, what is happening right now? Another young gentleman died just last week in the Fulton County Jail. These are black gentlemen being incarcerated without representation for days on end. These are people who have been sitting in there for 90 days, some of them a few years now, without any representation at all. So, so when, we, when we see the unfairness, the, the inequality of our justice system, and then you see what's happening with President Trump and 18 other law-abiding citizens and patriots of this country— who have done nothing wrong by historic accounts of our constitutional rights. They've done nothing wrong according to the law itself. Uh, people are uh, a lot smarter than establishment Republicans and Democrats in general would give them credit for. They recognize injustice because they're a body of people who have suffered gravely at the, at the hands of injustice. And might I remind your audience, this is the 60th anniversary week of the March on Washington. Now, how unbelievable is it, right, that the, that the left loves to champion civil liberties, right? Where's the ACLU of Georgia tonight? Where's the ACLU uh, in the headquarters of New York? Where are they this evening? Where's Reverend Al Sharpton? Where's Jesse Jackson on this historical you know, week uh, of, of the great men and women who went before uh, people like Mr. Floyd in championing the cause of freedom? Where are they this week? Right? Where, where the silence is, is deafening. And so I would say, yes, this is a galvanizing moment. And it's pretty epic. If, you're, if your audience is not on social and you want to know how epic it is, you for sure should check out Twitter X because you are seeing people coming out of the woodwork across the country of every economic persuasion. Um, and particularly in the minority districts, it's pretty, it's pretty astounding. So I'm glad to see that this has been a, a galvanizing moment for the country. Yeah, very well said. And and that's exactly right, because, you know, it seems as if the black community is useful uh, to uh, elite liberals on the left uh, when they want to do something that seems to serve their own political purpose. But yet when it's inconvenient to support the black community, uh, such as in this case with Mr. Floyd, it's silent. It's exactly like you're saying, because none of this civil rights stuff that you see now of days has anything to do with really protecting the community. It has everything to do with protecting their politics and this and this voting group that has been held to on the left for decades. And it's and I think and I think the black community is waking up because if you look now, I'm looking at a, a report 
and this is actually from Fox News, that back in, two, in 2020, 8% of black voters supported President Trump, 91% supported Biden. Now, 20% of black voters support President Trump, 61% support Biden. That is a huge swing. And mind you, what has Trump done? He's not even in office. The question, the, the, the question is, what has Biden done? And that's nothing. And, and, and the black community is starting to see that they've been lied to. Promises made, promises not kept. But when Trump was president, black unemployment was lowest it's ever been. Opportunities like you talked about. Um, criminal justice reform, meaningful criminal justice reform. That's the difference between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And there, and I think the black, not just the black community, but I think the minority communities in general are starting to see that their lives are better under a Republican president, especially President Trump, than they've ever been under a Democrat. And that's dangerous to the left, which is why they're silent on this issue. I'm going to take a quick break and we come back. Um, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about some of these debates because I think it all kind of ties together nicely you good with that yeah that's cool all right i'll be here then stick around guys we're going to come back we're going to talk a little bit about um the debate that hopefully you missed because it was a snoozer uh and we're talking about trump on tucker and we're going to wrap all this up nicely for you so don't go anywhere the david pollock show will be right back Hey friends, David Pollock here. If you're craving the best soft serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Topper's is known for the finest old-fashioned custard-style soft serve ice cream in a variety of flavors, from their French vanilla bean to exciting specials like German chocolate cake. But the experience doesn't end there. Be sure to grab a fresh baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite, the fresh baked brownies. They even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends. So hurry in to Topper's Creamery in Apopka, South 512 Hunt Club Road. Make sure to tell them David sent you. Business owners, are you sick of dealing with those big name telecommunications companies that leave you frustrated with terrible customer service and then lock you into long-term contracts? That's why I want to introduce you to my friends over at Public Telephone Company. They are an industry-leading VOIP provider offering all-in-one business communication solutions that are completely contract-free with competitive pricing. But perhaps the best part, they're all about supporting their customers with U.S.-based customer service and they're always willing to go the extra mile. Don't let your phone company drive you mad. Call Public Telephone Company today at 877-314-4080 or visit them at publictelephonecompany.com. That's publictelephonecompany.com. Sorry, guys, I know we're back. But sometimes I just like listening to the music. I always say uh, the David Pollack Show has one of the best soundtracks in all of talk radio. Uh, so it's good music. You got to listen a little bit before you get right back into it, right? I missed the good old days where music wasn't political and I can actually like somebody and then not two weeks later hear them say something stupid on social media and make me go, ah, I really like listening to that song. Too bad I can't listen to it again. Um, I don't know if you guys have been uh, – yeah, let's just get into it. Um there have been this whole Trump being arrested thing and then people running against him in the primaries. And it's just it. I don't think I don't think you could have written it any better if you're like Donald Trump's campaign team, because in 2016, Donald Trump comes down an escalator and says, 
you know, I'm sick of the way things are. I'm going to do things differently. Then he goes and gets elected, ends up in front of the in front of the Capitol and says, I'm taking power from all of these people behind me and I'm giving it back to you. He was the ultimate outsider, the anti-establishment candidate. He is and was and always will be MAGA. Make America great again, America first. That's Trump. That's Trump's brand. Many have tried to to imitate it poorly. But look, he got elected. And then he ran in 2020. He was already inside now. It's hard to run as an outsider when you're on the inside. And somehow, like a a gift, Trump has, has embodied now punk rock. I mean, he is the ultimate outsider yet again. He is the anti-establishment candidate yet again. And if you remember in 2016, he stood on the stage with the likes of Chris Christie yet again, um, with George, with a Jeb Bush, and with Marco Rubio, and with Ted Cruz, and all these guys who were in the Republican Party forever, waited their turn, and it was their time to be president. But Donald Trump stood there defiantly in the middle of a stage, pointing fingers at them, pointing out the fact that the Republicans haven't kept their promises. He vowed to do better. He vowed to build a wall. He vowed to actually do the things that Republicans have been telling their voters that they were going to do election after election, but they never actually do. And Trump did and did them. Now, but for a pandemic, and even then, I think he did a good job, despite what the DeSantis people are saying. They want to talk about COVID. I don't even want to get into that tonight. But he kept his promises. He did more. While being investigated and impeached and going through things that no president ever had to deal with, he's done more in his first term than any other Republican president in my lifetime. And now, I don't know how, they've made him more popular than ever before. He's come to to symbolize the anti-establishment movement. He is the guy who, when you go and look around and you hear Mike Pence talking— you know what? <laughs> I, I, I like these little rabbit holes. I want to give you an idea of why people are so excited about Trump and not the Republican establishment. Uh, let's go, Gabe, real quick. Let's go to cut two. This is Mike Pence just yeah, recently talking about the standard bearer of the Republican Party. I remain confident, more confident after Wednesday night that the Republican nominee will not be the former president, that we're going to give the American people a standard bearer uh, for the GOP that's going to be able to lead us to victory against Joe Biden. Uh, and and the radical left. Yeah, standard bearer for the GOP. Uh, Mr. Pence, we're sick of the standard bearers for the GOP. And you're not getting it. Your 2% in the polls isn't clear enough. Meanwhile, uh, you have people like Chris Christie, who begged Trump for a job, helped him prepare for debates, left office, by the way, with an 8% approval rating in New Jersey, uh, here's Chris Christie at the debate that you probably didn't watch. Um, this is going to be cut three, where he's insulting Vivek. Climate change policies than they are of actual climate change. Governor, the governor right, Haley, are you bought the down by Hold on, hold on. Listen, listen, listen. Hold on, hold on. I've had enough. I've had enough I've had already enough. tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. And the last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here, was Barack Obama. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. 
You can cut it there. Ramaswamy responds with, uh, are you going to hug him again? Now, I don't know. And look, I don't want to read too into it. And I don't want to sound like a leftist who finds race and everything. But the fact that he called and say sounds like chat GPT. Was that a dig on his Indian heritage? I don't know. Um, he talked about him being skinny. Um, I think that's envy. But uh, Monica, you're still out there and I don't want to keep you waiting. I want to get your take on it. I don't know if you watched the uh, debate. I watched minutes of it and I and I have a couple more clips that I'll bring up if we have time. But essentially, it wasn't exciting. The only thing exciting was Vivek attacking all of them in the way Trump should. And it didn't move the needle at all, by the way. DeSantis wasn't even relevant in the debate. Um, Ada Hutchinson uh, was uh, attacked Trump and and he got booed completely. Uh, I mean, it was a snooze fest. Trump was fantastic on Tucker. Good old Trump self. Um, some places are reporting that the polls were the same before and after the debate. Um, other people show Trump with a bigger bump. But again, that's that's with the indictment coming. Uh, what are your thoughts on the debate and Trump and everybody on stage? Just sure. whatever, whatever your thoughts are. Take it away. <laughs> so thank you, David. And it's great to be here again. Um, so uh, my thoughts on the debate are, are very limited in scope because I uh, watched a very minimal amount uh, of the debate. However, um, if you're asking me about what I think about the, the circus of characters on the debate stage, I, I would leave it at that, to be honest with you. All of them are caricatures um, of themselves in some way, shape, or form, and, and what they think the, the country needs. They're somewhat living in, in, in some deep, weird past of what the Republican Party of the past is, because, again— as the perfect politicians, which all of them represent, mind you, um, they have yet to recognize that the American people are done. We are, they are done with politics as usual. They're done with politicians. They're done with the duplicitous nature of how politicians think, feel, move, and breathe and spend our money. They're done. So no one really on that stage is there for any other reason other than our entertainment. And, and I can see that not only in the polling, but in the general attitude of, and the, again, the galvanization of what this weaponization of justice has, has become with regard to the targeting of political adversaries in this country. Opponents, I should say. They, we were opponents at one point. Now we're completely adversarial as if we're going up against, you know, a, a foreign terrorist group known as, you know, former Republicans, uh, now known as America First. And so when I, you know, I will say this, I think Vivek is probably, to me, he is the most entertaining because he is so energetic. And I appreciate his, his refreshing, you know, and I understand he has some questionable financial underpinnings, if you will. Um, but I do appreciate his, 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 his vitality, you know, just this, his exuberance that he brings to the stage. He's a little over the top. He dresses really well. I appreciate that. I think Christy's a little jelly on that front. Um, no pun intended. You there. said That's jelly. jelly but <laughs> yeah, but but I think but I but I think you know every, everyone else on that stage is really a caricature of themselves. I mean, if you look at Nikki Haley, she and uh, DeSantis have one thing in common: they have both abandoned their posts. Mm-hmm. And if that's one thing that the American people can take away from them. The one thing President Trump has not has actually accomplished and accomplished greater than any other president in my in my lifetime for sure, and or I believe really in the history of our country, 
is he has not abandoned this country. And Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis have both abandoned their posts. Nikki did it during her term, and Ron DeSantis is completely MIA currently with regard to his gubernatorial, um, really his authoritative um, jurisdiction is completely, he's, he's off the field at the moment. Floridians are just waiting for a hurricane to come through, as, as Laura Loomer's always, you know, reminding us, just wait till the next storm when you realize that our governor has, in fact, abandoned us. And, and that is something the American people are tired of. And so when I look at Mike Pence, for God's sakes, you know, he, he will go down in history as, as this country's uh, just greatest disappointment, to be honest with you. Uh, many people think he's a traitor. It's arguable as to whether or not he did the constitutional thing um, on that fateful day of January 6th. Should he have sent them back to the states? You speak to some scholars like Leo, who's been in a lot of our spaces recently. He's educated all of us to the fact that, constitutionally speaking, Pence did exactly what he was supposed to do. I have strong opinions on that, but my opinions don't matter. And and I'll be honest with you, David. You know, we're all we're all talk show hosts here, right? We're commentators, we're journalists. But really, I think I think it's time for us to get back to the truth. And one thing that President Trump brought to to the Tucker Carlson interview, which, in my humble opinion, was the greatest interview ever conducted by anyone with President Trump ever. And I'm not a, a, a big, you know, uh, a Tucker fan girl, if you will. Um, but he did an outstanding job of of pulling something out of President Trump, where I think it's the first time in the history of his presidency, his candidacy, and his, and his candidacy now, where I've seen him more in a presidential manner, where he's like, I'm not leaving. Agreed. It I'm was great. Leaving. I got 10 you seconds I mean? before the show ends. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. Um, we're going to continue this conversation on the Twitter space tonight. Make sure you guys go check it out. And Absolutely. make sure you tune in to another great show next week. Thanks for tuning in, guys.